one constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. It's the sexy voice show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I hurt that so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning to you, and welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Game program. So glad you could be with us. Honored, really, to have you along. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can give them a call at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. But God, I'm Rick Benson, so glad you could be with us. Joining me, as he always does, is Zach Barletta. He produces our program. Let me give you our website, btgprogram.com. We have a full archive of past broadcasts, guest interviews, and other stuff. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. You can also interact with the show on Twitter, other social media platforms, at btgprogram. And I guess... For the Atlanta Braves, it's just going to be one of those years. You know, <laughs> so. we talked about it a little last week on the show, and I thought there's a lot of upside. I know they're struggling this year, but I thought there's a lot of upside because they got a lot of prospects. But when your shortstop, Eric Ibar, is out of the lineup because of a chicken bone, it's, <laughs> he missed Thursday night's game because of a chicken bone fiasco during lunch. He got, uh, I guess he got it stuck in his throat, was taken to the doctor, had to be sedated in order to have it removed. <laughs> That's so brave. It, it's just one of those years. And this is just a, a few days after they fired their manager. Here's, as long as we brought that up, I was talking to a Braves fan. Why would you fire him now? Why wouldn't you do it at the end of last year? What does he have to work with on this team? Exactly right. That's my point. You have given him a... I'm not even sure it's a triple-A lineup. You've given him a poor lineup to work with. So if that was the case, you should have done this the end of last year. The guy who put the roster together got an extension. It makes no sense. Yeah, it does And that drives my buddy crazy. He's a Braves fan, and he is going nuts over the thing. He wanted the manager fired for other reasons. You know, he just didn't like the way he managed the team. And that's fair. I don't follow the Braves day in, day out. He does. I just couldn't figure out why now. And he, the, the fact that you're, as you say, he got an extension for putting the roster together, the general manager. What, what's going on with the Braves? They're just, they're just so bad. In fact, we talked off the air about having a side bet where we try to pick a player that we think will out homer the Braves this year. I think we could probably do that, but I, I mean, the, they got, they got a lot of good pro, the 2018 Braves are going to be good, I think. But, I mean, this roster right now is just spare parts. Oh, yeah, I, I agree, which is why I say don't fire the man. I don't get it. Well, stop shooting yourself in the foot. The manager obviously wasn't your issue. It, again, let him go at the end of last year, or if you're going to give him this type of lineup, a little league lineup, 
at least let him get through the year with it. If you want to make a change at that point, you're moving into a new ballpark, you want to introduce some prospects, you want to change managers at that point. But to do it now, we're not even all the way through May, made little sense to me. It's just, as you just said, it's just so Braves, and now you lose your shortstop for a game because he has to be sedated to have a chicken bone. (laughs) (laughs) My dog can't have chicken bones. You would think a starting Major League shortstop should be able to handle a chicken bone. I'm looking forward to the ESPN 30 for 30 on the 2016 Braves. That'll be good. Oh, my goodness. Jim Craig. Remember Jim Craig, Miracle on Ice? Yeah. He is selling his memorabilia. Six items. He's trying to sell them as a set from from that game, you know, the gold Mm -hmm. medal game against uh, Finland. And... He says he's trying to do that to set up a secure future for his children. And I don't know whether I think, man, good for him as a dad. He wants to make sure his kids are taken care of. He knows that's a a, a source of revenue. But that would be so difficult for me to part with some of that stuff if I were in yeah. his shoes. And I know he tried to sell, I had heard a while back, that he remember he was draped in the American flag and he was wanting to sell that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that's one of the items. His gold medal is another item that's on, on the block. It's going to be sold. Uh, his stick, I think two different jerseys, the white one, maybe the blue one. Um, it just, for me... I don't know if I could. I mean, I guess if it comes down to your kids and you're trying to set set it up for them for their future, mm-hmm. but to give that up and I guess as they say, you can't take it with you. You know what's what's the old song? I've never seen a hearse hearse with a luggage rack. So yeah. you know you can't take it with you. So, but still, man, that's such. Oh man, I don't know if I could do that either. Yeah, I've got nothing comparable. Uh, I'm trying to think. Anything I own, nothing is like that. I have nothing that I place such value on. Maybe my Rick Smith's signed basketball, <laughs> the Dunking Dutchman. Uh, I've got, I've got that. Everybody else listening is going, what? That, and then that's, of course, I'm joking because there's no value. None of the stuff I have really has any value. Well, I can't how, imagine. Yeah, for most people. Like, you and I don't have anything that has such emotional value to us and also financial value to other people. The stuff that we have that, like, emotionally is very important to us, no one wants to give us, like, five cents for it, you know? Yeah, if I won a gold medal in the Olympics, you would, you'd spend, I'd spend the rest of my life telling you about it. Yeah. And showing you. I'd be going up to strangers on the street, see this? Yeah, I won that. Yeah, I'm Jim Craig. I won, I won a gold medal in 1980. Right. I would never – I'd be 86 years old going up to people on the street to show them my gold medal, going to other rooms in the nursing home to tell them, here is my gold medal. Keep. I'm waking people up at night. Hey, hey, see my gold medal? You know, I would never sell it, but I guess good for Jim Craig, I, you know, to be able to sacrifice that stuff. John Elway. And the Denver Broncos taking shots. In response, the Twitter activity between the Oakland Raiders. Of course, the Raiders are uh, probably, what you call it, a pretty sexy pick for a playoff a position. Oh, yeah. maybe I, know. I think you and I are there. both really high on them, right? Yeah. I, I, pretty, I mean, we're not really that far. <laughs> Football season's a long way away. But um, the Raiders took a shot. Uh, the NFL had put out a tweet that said, the Broncos D, it currently rules the AFC West. There was more to the, the tweet than that. 
The Raiders responded with ruled, past tense. That was their tweet. So the Broncos send this text out, and it's just a picture of John Elway and some other people, I assume Bronco executives, and they're all laughing. And that was the only thing it says. This is a picture of John Elway with the tag at Raiders. So that was their response. You like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah, right back at you. And what, what are you going to say? John Elway? He just shuts you down. He, yeah. That was the end of the Twitter conversation. I think the Raiders tried to respond with something. Oh, they sent a vine of Khalil Mack and um, somebody else. I can't think of who it was, but nowhere's near the Twitter. Uh, what am I saying? That John Elway has. What's the word I'm looking for? The where the uh, kind of charisma. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. You know, it's a talk radio show, and I can't come up with the words I want to <laughs> say. But you know what I'm saying. And then finally, the Milwaukee Bucks. If this is true, I, this was off Deadspin. I don't. I don't like. I don't know how you feel, Zach. I know you're pretty into all these. Uh, what would you call? Them? They're not CBS. They're not NBC. They're. They're they're less than mainstream, but they're pretty reputable at this point. Places yeah. like, in media news sources that's like Deadspin's usually right about stuff. Yeah, I just don't I don't like their report. I find them kind of crass. Yeah, and and their their use of foul language it just seems so unnecessary. So mm-hmm. I I don't care for it. I don't go there. But you sent me the link because you're a low life. You're you're on Deadspin <laughs> reading, and getting you're you're enjoying it. You sent me this link and. and the Milwaukee Bucks fell for an email scam. Some low-level, mid-level employee released the player's 2015 W-2 documents. Did I do that? Oh, no. In an email that which was uh, appeared to be sent by the team president, Peter F- Fagan? Is that his name? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with oh, that. We'll go with that. It's F E I G I N. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Nobody else knows. Nobody either, knows. So. The, most of the Bucks. Apparently, <laughs> this employee doesn't even know. <laughs> That's true. But the email was Peter Fagan sixty nine at aol dot com. If that email comes to you, are you responding to that with nope. employees document? You would nope. think the team president. I don't know. Might have a at Milwaukee Bucks type of email address? You would think so. Nah. So I I can't imagine that the future for this employee is bright, but to release, I guess for a player, if you're an NBA player, is that really a big deal that you're, I suppose it is. It is an invasion of privacy. Well, I don't think but, you care about somebody knowing how much you make because that's usually announced when you sign. But supposedly their social security numbers and their addresses were in this information that was sent out. See, that's why you're the smart one on this show. I'm just thinking they got their their financial information out there, and everybody knows their con. Well, for the most players, their contract statuses mm-hmm. are are available, but you you understand all the details of minutia. Okay. Well, some you know, so now some Nigerian prince has their social security numbers and their home address. That would that would have made it even better <laughs> if it would be like if you loan me this money, <laughs> I promise to send it just send it to this address in Nigeria. Yeah. I've come oh. into possession of a great treasure, but I have nowhere to put it. So if you send me some money, you it's can just, have some. It's just those organizations. Oh the, the, the Braves having one of those years, the Milwaukee Bucks having one of those forevers, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up later on the program, I, I got notes here somewhere. I we got, we stuff. got stuff. We got stuff coming up. You're listening to Beyond the Game. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. The show's brought to you by Town & Country Pet Solutions.
Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Welcome back to the show. Benson and Barletta taking you through a beautiful Saturday morning here in Rochester. We started out the show talking about the Braves just having one of those years. And, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks and that email scam that they got suckered into, kind of embarrassing. Um, Eric Ibar getting a chicken bone, kind of embarrassing. (laughs) The New York Knicks now, as long as we're talking about that, have just been one of those organizations that – Having one of those decades. Boy, they keep stumbling, and and whatever they do just doesn't seem to work. And now they hire Jeff Hornacek, you know, to be their head coach. And I guess the thing that they interviewed Frank Vogel, who had success with the Indiana Pacers, was really probably a – and I don't know why he didn't get the job, whether it was something that he and Phil Jackson didn't agree on, whatever, or if he wanted no part of New York. But you've heard these rumors that the Knicks have trouble not only getting free agents to come to New York, but getting that level of coach. So you're settling for a guy whose career was 101 wins and 112 losses. I mean, it should be exciting. He's a, a fan of an up-tempo type of game. So and should does be it fun run, to watch. And doesn't run the triangle, which is what caught everybody by surprise. Which right? is the other point I was going to make in talking about the Knicks just kind of stumbling through things. All right, maybe you're forced to have to settle because there's such chaos. Is it the thing, New York, the reputation that you have with the owner James Dolan and even with Phil Jackson, I know he's a proven coach. I know the championship caliber type of coach and player he was, but so far that hasn't translated into front office type success. Mm-hmm. So you have all that going on with the Knicks. Maybe you can't attract those guys, but then you were all about the triangle. Now you're not all about the triangle. Um, it just doesn't seem like there's any kind of a continuous plan. You know what I, what I've read about this is that Phil Jackson's an intellectual. He wanted someone who was also an intellectual. Hornets that blew him away with this interview, but 
If the plan was to come in and run the triangle, and now suddenly you're bringing in a coach who doesn't run the triangle, like, what year to year, what's your plan going on? Is there any kind of continuity? Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have a plan for success, and you can't just abandon that plan every couple of years Mm -hmm. because things don't immediately take off. You have to stick, stick with it. Even within game, you're, you're a sports fan, you know, uh, if your football team is doing something, you don't abandon your game plan just because you're down two touchdowns. You try to stick with it mm-hmm. as long as you possibly can. I mean, eventually, if you're down 35 points in the fourth quarter, you got you uh, you can no longer stick with the running game. Yeah, try something else. You but... know, but typically you try to stick with that as long as possible. And the Knicks just never never seem to do that. And I don't know what the source of that. Do you think it's a New York market thing? Because it seems like all New York teams, they never can do any kind of a sustained rebuild. Even when they're bad, they're always we got to sign a splashy free agent, we got to do this, we got to bring in a famous guy. You know, like do you I think, think it's with the, the pressure? Knicks, it's it's just trying too hard. That is a basketball mecca, if you will. I mean, you got Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. These are the New York Knicks, and I've said this before: New York City is a basketball town. I know when the Yankees are winning, they they sell out. People are all behind them. But when the Knicks are winning, there is a electricity through the city like no other. They get excited about the success of the New York Knicks. They haven't had a whole lot of that, though. You know, come close a couple of times in the Patrick Ewing uh, era, but they haven't had any sustained long time. So anyway, what I'm saying is you got teams like the Chicago Bulls that – have success and have enjoyed a, a great amount of success. And then, of course, on a whole nother caliber, you got the Lakers and, and the Celtics who um, just have this reputation of great success. Mm-hmm. Whether they're down at the moment as a, as a franchise, the Knicks want to be there. James Dolan as an owner wants to be there. I can't fault him for, for trying. Obviously, he's trying, but it almost seems like, man, you're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And Jeff Hornacek here, that that would seem to be another. Yeah. And you might be forced to that. That reputation that you carry as an unsuccessful franchise or a chaotic franchise, you might be forced to that. That's the thing that's really stuck out to me in this whole scenario is that the Knicks used to be, you know, the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, New York City. It was where people wanted to be. And it seems like for whatever reason, that's not the case. People are avoiding them. And you have to wonder, like you said, if this was the best they could do. Seeing another report online, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, will offer crop top Ezekiel Elliott merchandise. (laughs) Of course, Elliott, the Ohio State running back, wore crop jerseys when he played. And, of course, he shows up in the draft in that awful crop top outfit that he had on fortunately for him i think somebody told him it was a bad idea because when he went up on stage i think he had fixed it but so they're just gonna be selling dallas cowboy cheerleader outfits and here's the flaw in that plant you've seen your average football fan you've seen you know drinking beer stuffing hot dogs Um, many fans these are not the people that you necessarily want wearing you don't want to see their stomachs i can remember back in my youth ministry days when I was leading the, I had junior high students and that was always, you get through the winter, spring is coming and all of a sudden the girls, maybe they want to wear a little, 
less and, and crop top or, or, or they want to wear a, maybe something that showed a little more than, than it should, especially for a junior high young lady. So what I would always tell them is I'd make a deal with them as the warmer weather. And I did, seemingly did this every single year. Say, so here's the deal. If you come in, you come into our Bible study or you come into church wearing something with a short shirt and your belly's hanging out or I can see your belly button, I'm going to wear the same thing. I'm going to wear a crop top. Now, you see me, Zach. Of course, we're on radio. It doesn't translate as well, but just picture the image of me wearing a crop top was enough to scare these young people. <laughs> Never had an issue. If they were go. going to do it, Benson was going to do it, and they wanted no part of that. <laughs> Let's take another break. Coming up after the break, we uh, let's talk a little bit about the Yankees' bullpen situation. The Aroldis Chapman just come out blazing. This is going back, you know, a week or so. But, man, that when he came out throwing heat the way he did, we'll talk about that the other side of the break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on the show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The Home Depot has found a way to put more drill on your patio with less cash from your pocket. The Huntington two-burner gas grill with side burner for just $119. You save 20 bucks, and you get a rust-resistant cast aluminum cookbox with a 10-year warranty, a handy side burner, and enough cash left over for a nice thick ribeye or two. Bring on spring with the Huntington two-burner gas grill, just $119, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valen Connell, U.S. only. See store for details. Beyond the game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. <laughs> Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here's your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com, at btgprogram. I was watching a Yankee game last weekend, I think it was, whatever day that Eroldis Chapman returned after his suspension, you know, to the domestic violence situation that he was involved in. And here's some breaking news about Eroldis Chapman. My man throws hard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. First game back, and he's hitting 101 a number of times. I mean, playing in Cincinnati, I was I was familiar with Chapman because he was playing there, but, but I hadn't really watched him a lot. I saw him in nationally televised game here or there, and I knew he threw hard. But, Zach, oh, my goodness. I, I guess maybe now that he's on the Yankees, I'm, I'm watching a little bit more with more interest. And, man, can he bring it. On Tuesday night against the Royals, 
uh, he, when he got his first save, he hit 102. 102. Mm-hmm. That's nutty. ESPN's Andrew Marchant called uh, Marchand. Is that how you say his name? Marchand, Marchand, I have no idea. ESPN's Andrew Marchand called him a stop-everything-and-get-to-your-TV type of player. It really is. Yeah, you want to watch because you've got to see how hard he throws. You want to see this for yourself. I mean, come on. How many of those guys are really out there? Guys that make you stop and watch while they're at bat or on the mound. You know, Mark McGuire, uh, Barry Bonds, these, these guys were stop what you're doing and watch. Alex Rodriguez was that for a while. Um, in today's game, probably Bryce Harper. I, I guess, um, Mike Trout, I guess. Aroldis Chapman, though, he's one of those guys. You yeah. want to see what he's going to, how hard is he going to throw? And then you want to see the guys with those weak hacks against him. I mean, no potty breaks while he's on the mound. You know what I'm saying? But that bullpen the Yankees have is ridiculous. And as Marchand pointed out, it's pretty awesome to go from Dylan Patanzas to Andrew Miller to Raldus Chapman. But that's not what you're going to get on most nights. And, and the advantage the Yankees have is being able to use at least two of them, having two of them available on any given night. You're not in a spot because your closer has thrown too many days in a row and having to make some sort of creative adjustment. Miller blew a save the other night, which had columnists rushing to their typewriters. <laughs> guess they don't really use typewriters, do they? When you were in school, did you take any type of keyboarding class? Um, actually, when I went to college, <clears throat> I would have had to take one, and I tested out of it. I was watching a clerical, a secretary, an office administrator, whatever you want to call it so that someone doesn't get offended. I was watching this person entering stuff into the computer, and she was using two fingers, two. It was a search and pound type mission. How many fingers do you use when you type? I I want to say all of them, but I don't think it is. Maybe like eight out of the ten. Now, I took a typewriter class in high school, mostly to be with all the girls, because this was it was a girls' class. <laughs> there was me and one other guy in there. And why else uh, are you taking a typing class? Right, let's be real. Well, I figured it would be a great way to meet chicks, you know. But um, was it? No. <laughs> Turns out they still wanted nothing to do with me, and it only gave the other guys more things to pick on me about. But I learned how to freaking type, I'll tell you what. I learned how to position my fingers over certain keys so that you utilize all your fingers. There was, there was, I can't remember the full sentence, but there was one sentence that we typed over and over because it contained all the characters on the keyboard. Something about a brown cow. The quick brown fox or something like that? No, I'm pretty sure it was a brown cow, but apparently okay. it was some sort of farm animal. But anyway. Andrew Miller blows a save, and columnists are questioning if the setup role is causing him a problem. Maybe he won't have the same success. And what I find just as amazing as Chapman hitting the triple digits so regularly is Andrew Miller's willingness to accept that setup role, which made it for made it easy for the Yankees to bring Chapman in. Over the years, we've seen a number of players who insisted on being the guy and demanding to be the closer. And remember, Miller had an outstanding season last year with the Yankees. He'd be closing for probably most any other team, you would imagine. Mm -hmm. And with the relatively team-friendly contract that he has, you know teams have been and will continue to be calling the Yankees about his availability in a trade. 
I mean, the Yankees have a chip there. You're going to trade him. You don't have that same chip in Araldus Chapman because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Very Anybody who, who picks him up in a trade, they're not going to give you much in return because they have no guarantee he's resigning. Andrew Miller, on the other hand, you got a nice trade ship there if that's what you decide to do. And Miller gives the same answer time and time again when asked about accepting the role as a setup man. He says it makes the team better. Reports are that the Yankees talked with him prior to dealing for Chapman, and Miller was willing to go along with whatever made the team better. He's been very professional throughout, and who knows if that's how he really feels, you know? We don't know, but that's what he says, and he's never wavered from th- from that, and he sure seems content to do whatever is best for the team. My job is in ministry. It's what I do. I'm part of a church staff. I work in sports ministry, and let me tell you, an attitude like Miller's is both rare and refreshing. People are pretty willing to volunteer for what they think are the you know, the glory jobs, and they're going to get a lot of recognition. People will see them doing that thing, and the things which, you know, other people see and hear about. And I, I guess they like the pattern. We all do. I, I, you know, we all do. It, they're less likely to volunteer for things that are not a lot of fun and don't get them much attention. And this isn't a church thing. It's a human nature thing. We like a pat on the back. We, we don't want to clean toilets unless people are going to make a great big deal about how wonderful we are for doing it. It's how we are. The closer is the headline grabber. The setup guy, he's just supposed to get you to the closer. Give the ball to the big dog. Mariano Rivera, before he was Mariano Rivera, was a setup guy for John Wetland. But I don't think the Yankees win in 96 if Rivera wasn't the setup guy that he was. No, absolutely not. It's a very important role, but it's not the guy. Miller seems very content in the setup role, despite what columnists might be saying. He's He says he's content. These guys, they, they found a contentment in the success of the team. It's not individual glory, though. I'm sure they would acknowledge that's nice, but it's it's in being part of a successful team that matters most and is what they prioritize. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.11, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. A close friend of mine calls Philippians the Athlete's Handbook. In this book, Paul teaches on such things as Unity, leadership, sacrifice, teamwork, motivation, and more. The things which define an athlete. It's only four chapters. I challenge you to read it for yourself and see how many things you can pick out which would be applicable to an athlete's success. But in Philippians 4.11, Paul's not, he, he, he's not speaking out of need. Though he was in fact needy, but his thought was for others. That it was good for them to be givers. Paul says regardless of his situation, he's content. And he's writing this from imprisonment in Rome. I mean, you're writing about contentment from imprisonment imprisonment in Rome. I would think that's tough to do. I would think. Paul, I got to think he's the type of guy that would have accepted the setup role, you know, like Andrew Miller. To have such contentment, though, is, is really found in God. To achieve it, Paul needed the strength of Jesus Christ, which is why in verse 13 he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
As Christians, we should never be satisfied with our spiritual walk. We should always want to grow closer to God, but we should always be satisfied with our physical possessions, whether we have much or whether we have little. We control our possessions for the glory of God. Paul instructed Timothy about this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It says this, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these things, we will be content. The Bible teaches on this because God is well aware that the natural sinful human tendency is to covet after more and more more and more material possessions and to prioritize them over God. And we all do this to one degree of another or another, and, and we have to guard against it. We have to look for evidence of such behavior in our lives. It's why Andrew Miller's response to the Aroldis Chapman trade is so newsworthy. It's uncommon behavior, really. That's not what you typically find in people. So obviously a great way to avoid that particular form of idolatry, you know, uh, desiring more and more additional possessions, uh, prioritizing anything over God, such as chasing wealth over a strong walk with God, a great way to avoid that form of idolatry is to develop contentment. I'm not saying that material possessions are wrong. You should not feel guilty about your wealth or the things you have, so long as you give the glory to God, because he's the reason you've been blessed with them. And as long as they don't take precedent over him, do you desire godliness the way you desire a bigger paycheck? That's a good question to ask. Am I, am I chasing godliness? Or am I chasing wealth? Am I chasing material possessions? Paul was arguably the greatest Christian of all time. He had tremendous authority in the churches, but he didn't use that authority. He didn't use his influence to put himself in better financial position. Not because he thought there was something special, you know, some sort of special blessing in being poor, but because he knew the deceitfulness that riches can bring or desiring riches can bring. His focus was on ministry rather than materials. Focusing on the material gains of life would only distract him from his calling, and Paul understood this. There's no special blessing in being poor, and there's no special blessing in being rich, although, you know, both probably have its advantages. There is something very, very wonderful about, you know, not having so many things that distract you and just having that peace. The blessings are in being close to God and found in his will. That's where that peace comes from. To think that having money and being rich is evil is is really missing the point. Money's not evil. However, the love of money is a different matter. The reason why we need to learn how to be satisfied with little is that it keeps us from coveting more. But there's also the other side of the coin as well. Being content to do with without certain things is one thing, but being content when you have much is another. If you're wealthy, then the difficulty can come in misplacing your contentment. The temptation to sin is twofold. First, that you acquired your wealth with your own power and expertise. Second, that because you have wealth, you don't need anything. I, and I can remember handing out tracts, and you're downtown, and people are a little needy. They're, you know, they don't have as much. They're taking the gospel tracks and they're looking for an answer. 
And this particular weekend, there was a convention and something going on where there was a lot of more wealthy people in the area coming and going from the convention, and they took none of those gospel tracts. They take none of them. They they didn't sense a need in their life because they were placing their trust in the material possessions they had, the wealth that they had, yet the poorer people seemed to be looking for some sort of answer. Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declare the Lord. I believe that everything you have, you have because Jesus Christ gave it to you. And everything you have was given to you so that you could use it for his glory. The secret of contentment is it's not a principle, but a person, and, and that, that, that person is Jesus Christ. Maybe more famous today, thanks to Steph Curry, than to the Apostle Paul, but it's God's Holy Spirit that inspired Paul to say this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you want to be content, be satisfied with Jesus. You won't be overly preoccupied with temporal matters. Your eyes will be fixed upon him and what he is doing in the world around you. True contentment is found knowing that no matter what may come, Jesus has paid for your sins. And no matter what happens and what is given or what is taken away, nothing can take away the gift of eternal life and knowing that you are on your way to heaven because Jesus has paid the balance of your account. Because of sin, and we are all guilty, but because of sin, we cannot go to heaven. We cannot enjoy fellowship together with a holy and righteous God. Because of sin, hell is what we've earned and hell is what we deserve, but not Jesus. He knew no sin. He lived a perfect life and did not deserve to die. But his death on the cross was a sacrifice which paid for your sins and mine. He who knew no sin became sin for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you want to be saved from your sins, call upon him today. Pray to God and tell him that you know you are a sinner. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. Admit your guilt and seek his forgiveness. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and turn away from them. Leave them in the past. Turn over a new life being on a new path, seeking after righteousness, desiring to draw draw closer to God. That's where contentment is found. You're listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country. Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. 
call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can find us on our website, btgprogram.com, or visit us on social media at btgprogram. Zach, you don't quite have five statements for shenanigans this week. What have you been doing all week that you're not giving full priority to your role here on the show coming up with shenanigans questions? Actually, interesting that you asked because this week at work, I worked a detail of working 3 a.m. to 11.30 in the afternoon. So basically working and then sleeping. The exciting life of Zach Barletta. All right, give us your four shenanigans questions, statements, whatever they are. All right, number one. A recent Wall Street Journal article revealed that sacrifice bunting in Major League Baseball has plummeted this season. Truth or shenanigans, sacrifice bunting is an important part of the game. I agree. Truth. Yeah. How do you get the runner? I mean, it's an effective way to get the runner over. I used to agree, but over the years I've become, I think, much more analytical, and bunting is really just, in my opinion, flushing an out down the toilet. Uh, the numbers show that bunting a runner over actually lowers your chances of scoring. I'm very anti-bunting, so I call shenanigans. Well, see, now those numbers are skewed, and I know this is a little sensitive for you because you're such a stats guy, and and but you what was it? What did you just say? You said that the the numbers show that it it lowers your odds of scoring because it removes because an out. people can't bunt. That's also true. People, you're, just you're can't. pulling data from a group of people who can't. Bunt. How many times late in a game do you get a guy on? There's maybe there's nobody out. And it frustrates me to no end because I'm thinking all you need to do here is get down and bunt. You're watching the boat. It drives me crazy. My wife can attest how many times I'm like, I can't believe you can't drop down a bunt in this situation. You are a multi-million dollar baseball player. Drop down a bunt. I don't care if you're safe. You're moving that runner into scoring position and giving your team extra opportunities to try to get him in from there. My biggest issue, and the Yankees are guilty of this all the time, is you get a guy on first that could steal second, and they bunt him to second. 
steal second, keep the out, put him on second base, do a hit and run, do something. I just, I hate giving away an out. And we've seen situations, there was a game this year, I don't remember who was playing, so this is going to make for probably terrible radio, but they had like first and second, nobody out. They did two sack bunts and didn't score a run because they had wasted outs. It'd be one thing if if you're talking about a a runner like Brett Gardner and you're saying, mm-hmm. well, send him. But if it's not Brett Gardner, your your chances of bunting him over are, and, and man, I don't have stats to back this up, but I would rather bunt him over than have him steal because I think his chances are better to move him over by giving up the out. And even Brett Gardner, though, you say that, he seems so, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like stealing is his first instinct. He's very he seems tentative, re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So even there, I, you know, I just, I'd rather bunt him over. Or let's take the steal out of it. Let's go, the man's on second base with nobody out, or man's on second base. You just, if you can get him to third, now you're in a situation where a fly ball can win you a game, tie a game, whatever. You want to get that runner in from third, and all you need to do is get it into the outfield. A bunt up the first base line when he's on second base is a great opportunity to move him over. The thing is that supports your stupid statistic <laughs> is they can't bunt. So, of course, the statistics show that it lowers your chances because the, is, the, the skill of bunting is— Oh, nobody can do it anymore. It's rare. This is, like, to me, this is a fascinating look at, like, more of an old school and a new school approach because bunting— Which is, which is a, a polite way of saying old man, young guy. No, just different styles of play. But the bunting a guy from second to third is the one that makes me the most angry. Why? Because a guy on second is going to score on a base hit to the outfield anyways. Just get a base hit to the outfield, drop a single in front but, of somebody, that guy scores. But if he's on, if you bunt him over to third base— you don't need a base hit. All you need is a fly ball and out anything. Anything into the outfield, for the most part, gets him in. You don't need the base hit. But I would also say... Your best you, hitters... I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but your best hitters are only getting on three out of ten times. But also a ground ball to the right side moves them from second to third. So hit a ground ball to the right side. I'll buy that one, too. Exactly. exactly. So why bunt and give yourself up when you have a chance well, to maybe you, get a hit? A ground ball is probably, because of the <laughs> shift, is going to be an out anyway. So I'm saying it brings us back to the shift conversation. <laughs> if they could hit the other way, then why wouldn't you do it when the shift is on? It's true. There are so many things in baseball that people just can't do anymore. Nobody can bunt. People can't hit the opposite way to beat a shift. That it's is frustrating. A stupid game. <laughs> that I love all my entire life. <laughs> all right, moving on before we get into a fight. The agent for suspended Toronto Blue Jay Chris Colabello recently headed up a conference call with several scientists to try to figure out how the banned substance Turinabol got into Colabello's system. Colabello claims he's never taken PEDs and has no idea why he tested positive. Truth or shenanigans, you believe athletes who say their positive PED test is a mistake. You go first. Shenanigans. I I don't believe most of them. Um, the old saying is that everyone in prison says they're innocent. You know, everybody who's ever convicted of something says, I didn't really do it. It was the one-armed man or, you know, whatever. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think it really matters if they did it on purpose or not. Even if you did it accidentally, every clubhouse has a poster in it with a list of banned substances, things that you can take that are 100% clean, and things that you can't. And so many people, they're like, oh, I took this thing I got from GNC and 
you know, I didn't know that this band Substance was in it. Well, if you read the list that's posted in every clubhouse, you would know. I don't think ignorance is a good enough reason. And I agree with you, so I say shenanigans on your statement. I don't believe those athletes who say that either. And maybe maybe I'm a jerk, maybe I'm tainted. Probably those things are true on both accounts, but that seems to be the new denial, you know, yeah. the I I don't know what happened. I I I don't I didn't know. I don't know how it got there. I I have no idea, but apparently it was there, but it wasn't my fault. Well, that's really hard to buy from a professional athlete who knows their bodies so well, knows the stuff they're taking. Yeah. And maybe when they present it to you that way, there is always that element of, well, he might, maybe maybe what he's saying is true. It's just very, very difficult for me to believe. And I yeah. think probably most people tend not to believe them. You don't know how it got there. It got there because you took the stupid thing and put it into your yeah. system. That's, well, that's how it got there. Like, and would that excuse work in any other walk of life? Like if a surgeon st- accidentally drops his keys in somebody and stitches them up, they're like, well, I don't know how my keys got there. <laughs> a junior mint? Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly you put it there purposely or not. You did it, you know? Yeah, it doesn't work. The, the, the ignorance is, is not an excuse, and it didn't work in high school when I tried to play it off. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know where the homework is. I know I did it. I can't believe you don't have it. All right. Pop Warner football recently became the first league at any level to ban kickoffs. It's only a matter of time before the NFL does the same. I think this one's hard to answer because I want to say I agree. I think it... As contracts continue to escalate and more and more money is being invested, those guys on special teams are almost like, you know, those expendable guys. You're throwing Mm -hmm. them out there and it's so violent that the speed in which they're running, the size and the strength of these guys. But here's why I say it's difficult to answer. If the equipment manufacturers come up with an answer that better protect the players from injury, then I think you see kickoffs stay. And I don't think this is something that's going to change in the next five or ten years. I think we're looking well down the road. But if the equipment manufacturers come up with a with a way to better protect the players so that these kickoffs returns are not so violent, mm-hmm. then I think, no, that stays in the game. But if if we're not able to come up with that, then I say eventually they will take it out of the game. I say shenanigans. Just because I think the NFL only pretends to care about player safety, but their actions, at least under Roger Goodell, have shown that the only player safety they really care about is the superstar quarterbacks. Because you see, not even every quarterback gets the same calls in their favor. You know, it's only the the really superstar face of the league ones. Fans love exciting kick returns and big hits, and fans pay the bills, so I don't think the league would ever get rid of them unless something really drastic happened. Like, if somebody got hit returning a kick and like died on the field then okay then they'll obviously they'll react quickly to that but otherwise i really don't think the league cares enough to do anything about it you're probably right you know what you're saying makes great sense and you're right about the quarterbacks there are certain ones that seem overprotected because they are the face of the league and you know somebody in the secondary doesn't get or somebody on special mm-hmm. teams doesn't get that same protection from the league you might be right, but at some point, and you're right, if something like that were to happen, something tragic, then the the league has no choice but to look at it. And mm-hmm. uh, good for Pop Warner, because I think especially in youth sports, 
Oh yeah, put it on the twenty five yard line. Do whatever you want to do. I, and even as high up as high school, college, I'm okay with it. And I know people are going to say whatever. Oh, you know, you're whatever. Next next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theorists have been up in arms this week because Dikembe Mutombo tweeted congratulations to the 76ers before the NBA draft lottery had actually taken place, which the 76ers then did win. Truth or shenanigans, you believe that draft lotteries are sometimes rigged. Yeah, I do. And and again, I'm probably a bit of a jerk. I think back when the Knicks got Patrick Ewing that the corner of that card was was creased it was folded so they could feel it you could see and i know it's a conspiracy theory you put it well in the statement you could see him fishing around in there in the videos some buy that some don't but the idea that the philadelphia 76ers i don't think it's a stretch to say that they got the number one pick how many of the last few years have they you know (laughs) yeah um, they're the oilers of the nba yeah but then the second and third picks are the lakers and the celtics the marquee franchises of the league and the teams that the NBA wants to make sure get rebuilt quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know for sure that it, that it's rigged, but you asked me if I believe that sometimes they are. And yeah, I believe sometimes they are. It's just hard to explain away at times. I agree. It's hard not to agree sometimes. I don't know that I a hundred percent would say, yeah, they're rigged, you know. We've talked about it before on the show. I don't like them. I think you should do away with them. But uh, the example that came to mind to me immediately was the, when the Penguins got Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You know, that was so fishy where they were struggling and they were talking about being relocated somewhere else, you know, and not having a Pittsburgh Penguins team. And all of a sudden. And suddenly here's the next Gretzky is, you know, goes to the Penguins. And that 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 was fishy. Or the the Oilers winning almost every year for a half decade. You know, and I wouldn't say, like I said, that I 100% believe that they're rigged, but there have been a few that made me really suspicious. It's even sometimes the calls in a game. You don't want to believe that anything is rigged, but there's so much money involved that it just kind of, whenever money is involved, strange things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when there's a lot of money involved. Things happen that just kind of make you, well, they kind of make you go, hmm. Yeah, And that's what happens sometimes in these drafts and even calls. I hate to think that our sports are rigged, but I think you're naive to think that it's never rigged in one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll be back with our Pest of the Group. You're listening to Beyond the Game. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals 
handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta. We were so glad that you could be with us this week. Remember, if you missed anything, you can find it on our website, btgprogram.com. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. At the end of every show, we go around the room, give you our pests of the week. My pest of the week is anyone who thinks that the Redskins' name is offensive. (laughs) A new poll has shown that Nine out of ten Native Americans, and now listen, I say this, polls can show anything. It depends on who you ask and mm-hmm. how many people you poll. If I polled this room, you know, uh, I could probably get a hundred percent of something. <laughs> but nine out of ten Native Americans do not find the name offensive. And the reason I want to bring this up is because there was one person in particular, a 64 year old whose grandmother was part Shawnee, part, um, Something else doesn't matter. Uh, another Indian tribe, but she said that you'll find people in defending the Redskins' name. You'll find people who don't like puppies and kittens and Santa Claus, and it doesn't mean we're going to wipe them off the face of the earth. <laughs> I just found that humorous. Puppies, kittens, Santa Claus, um, <laughs> not on the same level of the Redskins debate. But if you find the Redskins' name uh, offensive, I find you my pest of the week. My pest of the week is ESPN for posting an article online listing things the boss would do if he still ran the Yankees. One of my pet peeves as a Yankee fan is references to if George was still here or George Steinbrenner must be rolling over in his grave at this. George did a lot of good things for the Yankees and everyone always knew that winning came first with him. But he also forced the team into several bad free agent signings and he interfered in the front office and manager's office constantly. Remember that the team's renaissance actually began while he was suspended from baseball? So, whatever your feelings are about George Steinbrenner, he's dead, and a What Would George Do article isn't even real journalism, it's just clickbait. The only thing I would say to that, Zach, is I think Steinbrenner grew as an owner. In the early days, he just threw money at things, tried to win, and as mm-hmm. he got older and more experienced, I think he he became a great owner. Very, very involved in charity, yeah. uh, very generous person. Um, he became a terrific owner for the New York Yankees. I want to thank you for listening to our show. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or give them a call, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. For Zach, I'm Benson. Thanks for joining us. Lord willing, we'll be back here together again next week, right here at this very same time. Have a great week, everybody.